Let's turn to Peter for a brief Bible study. First Peter, looking at the suffering Saviour. And as it says at the start of this, Christ also suffered, leaving us an example. And so we're looking at the example of the suffering of the Lord. And we fall far short of going through suffering as he did. Last week we looked at the suffering Saviour, verse 21. <clears throat> Tonight, no, we looked at, sorry, the sinless Saviour last week. The suffering Saviour the week before. And uh, tonight we move on to the submissive Saviour, verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. <laughs> what do we do <laughs> when we're reviled? <laughs> we don't take it lying down, do we? Most times, if we don't say anything, we certainly think something. Um, <clears throat> when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be what he was, to do what he did, that we might have the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you that he didn't revile, but submitted himself. He became our substitute for our sins, paid the total price. Thank you for that, Lord, and may we be reminded, and thank you for it often. Because without you, we are nothing and can do nothing, as has been prayed. Bless the word to our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, suffering Saviour, verse 21, a sinless Saviour, verse 22, and a submissive Saviour, verse 23. There's three things in this verse, verse 23, that, um, or three parts of the verse. When it's reviled, he reviled not again, number one. Number two, when he suffered, he threatened not. And number three, two, three, um, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. The first one, notice the Lord's amazing restraint. (laughs) Who when he was reviled. And to be reviled means to be rebuked or to be abused. What could have the Lord done? (laughs) You see, (laughs) he amazing, amazing restraint. You see, it was more difficult for him to be there than us to be there because he had the power to do it. He had the ability to do it. He's the eternal son of God, but he didn't. He restrained himself for for the whole purpose that we might be saved, that he might pay it, as we see later, we might not get there for the sins of everybody, from Adam to the last man living in the millennium. <clears throat> and to atone for their sins. That's why he did it. Amazing restraint. We probably shouldn't ask if you ever showed lack of restraint. I think we all have, haven't we? Somewhere, sometime, not being restrained with our words, our behaviour, our thoughts, 
you know, actions, whatever. We just let go. And uh, you see, meekness is power under control. And the Lord Jesus was exactly that. Moses is said to be the meekest man. Christ is the meekest God-man that ever walked the planet. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 40, 47. I think John mentioned there he could have done something, but he didn't. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 47 and 48. And while he yet spoke, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came and said to Jesus, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And, and the Lord said, Friend, why art thou come? <clears throat> and uh, you read, read on a little bit. What, have he, what could have he done? <laughs> Put up thy sword in its place, verse 52, said he to Peter. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray the Father, and he shall presently give me more than, what? Twelve legions of angels. And I believe that refers to 10,000. Twelve legions would be 120 million, I think. 10,000 times 10,000 in Daniel chapter 7, verse 10, if you do the multiplication there, he had at his disposal... And uh, they weren't just mere men. <laughs> we know that he has the power to do that because he's already said in his word when he comes again, he's going to do that to all the nations gathered together. Any weapons they've got left, he obliterates them all, just with a word. And all, <laughs> all the lasers and the nuclear weapons and all the tanks and the aeroplanes and whatever else speaks the word and they fall out of the sky or sink in the sea, whatever I don't know. We'll be there to see and we'll see what happens. That's the power that he has because he had the power to speak the word and bring it all into existence in the days of creation. And you should go back there and often read that portion because it just reminds you, if you've looked around at nature at all and looked around at the world, um, <clears throat> a good thing in the nature program is turn the voice off, you use Mr. Edinburgh, and listen, watch the scenery because that's what God did that's what God made and all the colours and all the abilities of every animal and every fish and all the things that they can do and a lot of animals we haven't got anymore he spoke into existence all the design of them to you know a, f a fish out of water a fish lives in water they, animals live out of water all the designs of them with all their features the woodpecker with his <laughs> with the uh, thing in his brain to stop it you know, bashing to bits as he pecks the wood and the, the hummingbird to s just hover and how many times it beats its wings just to do it yeah thousands it's just incredible you think our engines go fast the woodpecker, the woodpecker doesn't get concussion no he just doesn't knock himself out this <laughs> is you only have to bang your head on the lump of wood twice and we would be all <laughs> have a migraine. But he just goes... <laughs> it's like a jackhammer when you think of it, <laughs> to doing that. But all that design in... Wham. And it didn't only... <laughs> it wasn't the design, of, you know, the blueprint, but to make it happen, you know. 
from nothing, from nothing. Ah, wow. Could he be called? See, this is the amazing restraint of the Lord Jesus. One said we shouldn't be amazed at the miracles he did, uh, he did perform, but at the ones that he didn't perform. And this is one of them he could have performed in obliterating them. So after he'd <coughs> spoken the worlds into existence, he knew everything before it happened and everything in the future that will happen. Um, <coughs> yes, amazing restraint. The song we sing, uh, it's not in our songbook, I couldn't find it unless I had the wrong heading. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone. It's not in the hymn book, okay. It's in one of the chorus books, probably. In the folder, okay. So <clears throat> he could have, but he didn't. <laughs> Praise the Lord that he didn't. He could have obliterated them, then they wouldn't have crucified him. And then where, where would we be? <laughs> Lost in our sins, and so would all those who had offered all those sacrifices in the Old Testament. And secondly, so we, we, we see that back in Peter, <clears throat> who when he was reviled, reviled not again. He didn't shake his fist, he didn't threaten, he didn't even think that way. He, he told Peter, put up his sword. And when he suffered, he threatened not his admirable retinence. He didn't do <laughs> these things. He held back. When he suffered, he threatened not you do that and I'll do, you know, I'll do this. Remember being at school with the bullies picking on you? You know, and they said, they said if <clears throat> you do this, I'll do that. You know? <laughs> he, he wasn't a big bully of a god. You don't think of all the other gods. Aren't they dis, their, their disposition is that way, to be a bully over the people and to make them submit by thumping them. The, the, you know, the... the um, Islamic folk believe that if they can beat another nation, it's because their God's bigger. Big bully. <laughs> but he's not a God at all anyway, is he? He doesn't exist. <laughs> he did exist in, in the form of the prophet and all that they had back then. But no, <clears throat> his reticence, he held back. The enemies tried to provoke him over and over again with vile tongues and vicious thoughts. Let's look at a few of these times where they tried to provoke him. But he was reticent in that he didn't respond. In John's Gospel, chapter 8 and verse 41. John eight forty-one reads, Ye, this, is, this is them trying to get him to react and respond. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. <laughs> what were they saying? What were they calling the Lord Jesus there? Illegitimate. That's what they were calling him. And he knew exactly what they meant. You have some religious people say that probably say the same today and say that, you know, we went down to G Egypt and the Lord was married and all the rest of the nonsense they go on with. And um, he, he still allows them to live on and they still repeat the same evil things 
goes on and on, but one day he will rectify all these. Yep, every mouth shall be stopped, isn't it? It says that. And something else too that goes with that. But um, <clears throat> he suffered and he didn't respond in that way. But one day, yes, <laughs> every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We also pray that our sins are under the blood. We're saved and they're forgiven. And we're walking for the Lord sanctified. Child of a fornicate, for fornication they called him, trying to provoke him. And then in chapter 8 and verse 48, same book, we read, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? A devil possessed. That's what they called the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the very son of God. He was a Samaritan. And the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritan. What, what gave them a thought that he was a Samaritan? Samaria? I don't know. But he was from Nazareth, which is above Samaria. He was born in Bethlehem. He went to Egypt. But he, how they called him a Samaritan. But they, the, the uh, real point of the, what they're digging at here, they're digging at here, is that he was devil possessed. In chapter 8 and verse 52. That's the same, same book. John. Then said Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. <laughs> and you have to read it in the context there. If a man <laughs> believe, he shall never see death. And now we know you've got a devil. Now we know you are possessed. Now in chapter 18 of the Gospel of John, in verse 23, trying to provoke him. He was restrained and reticent to do and to respond to their evil. 18.23, he said, or said, Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? <laughs> Smitten, stricken, things of the Old Testament were prophesied would happen. He was struck and smitten. But he didn't seek or threaten revenge we're in press, pressured and persecuted by Pilate in chapter 19 and then verse 1 then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him for no reason because Pilate said himself what three times I find no fault in him just to please the Jews put him on a purple row hail king of the Jews all these things could provoke him and smote him with their hands. And Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, me know, that you know that I find no fault in him. <clears throat> no fault at all. So when pressured and persecuted, he didn't respond. Psalm 22, verse 6 and 8. I am a worm... And a reproach of men, in verse 6, and despised by the people. All they who see me laugh me to scorn. 
They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusts in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Verse 11. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And he restrained himself. They gaped upon him. They did everything to him that's spoken about in these verses here, right down to verse 21 and even after that. Be not far from... He was praying all the time to his heavenly Father. So he's the submissive saviour, amazing restraint, admirable recitants. His absolute reliance in verse 23. That's there back in First Peter chapter 2 in the last part of that verse. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. What an example. This is what we're pointing out here. Because Peter is all about suffering saints. And he's, he's saying and putting the Lord right up on the pedestal where he belongs. For all honour and glory belong to him. And saying he is our example. Let's follow him and remember this when we're in these troublesome times when things are not going right and we are um, prone to respond the wrong way. Commit yourself to him as the Lord did to his heavenly father. The Lord's trial before the Hebrews, before the heathen here and before the high court of the Pharisees he showed his absolute reliance on the Father for his will to be done because he said, what? Not my will, but thy will be done. Before all this started, he knew what he was in for. He knew the Old Testament. He knew it was God in the flesh. That these things were so. And back there, those you could write next to it the Psalms. We already read Psalm 22, verses 8 to 10. And verse 20 that we didn't read down to 27. So... He was drawn before the Hebrews, he was drawn before the heathen, and he's drawn before the high court. I've just been reading some of the things that churches are going through in America and the courts they've been facing, the fines they're facing. Every service they charge another 10 grand. They seem to have a bit of a consistency about it too, and they threaten here if they, we do something wrong, it's 10 grand. 5,000 for an individual, same over there, if you break the law. But um, don't, let's not be surprised it could come here. There's not enough COVID around for us to break the law. We're free and able to do what we're doing. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there, the songwriter said, didn't he? In 2 Timothy 1.12, it reads, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, Paul said, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded <clears throat> that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. <clears throat> That's our, that should be our response, shows our reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there, knowing he is in control. <clears throat> Romans 8, what does it say? Can you start start us off on a verse and see if we can finish it? Some of the promises in Romans 8, talking about what God is to us and how he looks after us and we need to commit ourselves to him, into his care. Well, what about the Gospels? What does it say there? He looks over the sparrow, (laughs) 
And he said, the hairs of a head are numbered. Was it Matthew chapter 6? He, he, you know, he makes the lilies of the field dress better than Solomon in all his glory and threads. <laughs> God looks after. God looks over. We can trust in him. We can rely on him. Romans chapter 8, as I mentioned, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come whatever the situation is who is in control god is in control the lord is in control and and this is what the lord jesus did committed himself to him that judgeth righteously now if you say well you know, these saints that were burnt at the stake were, were martyred for God. It doesn't seem like God was in control. Was he? Yes, that was his will. And often gave them ex- the grace and the strength to go through what they did in a noble way, calling upon the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> we need to commit ourselves and our way. Commit your way unto the Lord and he will bring it to pass. We know where it's all going to end. <laughs> There's not depth, nor height, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Like that fellow that they martyred in his, in his 80s, you know, deny the Lord, do this. And, and he said, well, he hadn't, he hadn't done anything wrong to me all my life. Why should I deny him at the end? <laughs> and they burnt him anyway. And uh, <clears throat> we need to commit ourselves to him that judgeth righteously. In fact... Sort of say it. When you're in your 80s and they're about to do you in, what do you say? Good. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> I can't, but you can. <laughs> Allow me to go through that door. And uh, these men, and that was in ages when they didn't have medicines and headache pills and all that. And, and they would have been glad. They would have been glad to go. <laughs> Because of all the aches and the pains that they would have had. And uh, can you imagine John in the pot of oil? They got him in the oil pot and they turned the heat up, more wood on the fire, and the oil was bubbling around him. He said, Lord, I'm still here. I think I want to go. But God had something better for him. He had the book of Revelation to give him still. He had, some, he had to do some rock breaking with a sledgehammer and the Isle of Patmos before he went. You see, God had things for him. Uh, <clears throat> trust in the Lord, commit your way unto him. Um, Hebrews chapter 13. It's a wonderful thought for the Christian, isn't it? <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through to 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, they. <coughs> it's, uh, where is it? In Revelation, is it? They, man may kill the body, but they can't kill the soul. But God can kill the body and cast the soul into hell there's the one we should respect and honour and commit our lives to he that hath power to do that 
First Peter chapter five and verse seven. See if you can finish it. Cast casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And that's speaking about the onslaught of the devil in those those verses in, in the context there. And the last one we look at is in Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that so? <laughs> and the, the son could commit himself at this terrible time to his father, as he did being submissive, <laughs> a submissive saviour. An absolute reliance upon the Lord, we need to have that too. He is our example. Follow in his footsteps. There's a thought for tonight. We won't go on to the next one. A verse at a time. There's no need to rush. <laughs> Praise the Lord for what the Lord Jesus did for us. Praise God for what he did. <clears throat>